Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is a podcast. Today I have Chris LaDon, and she is the owner and operator, I guess, of Reminiscence by Chris LaDon, again. Um, So go ahead, Chris. Why don't you tell us what this is and who you serve and how long you've been doing it, and then we'll go back to what else you've been doing. Perfect. Well, thanks. First of all, April, thank you for your graciousness. Thank you for letting me be here and have a conversation with you today. I, I greatly appreciate that. It's a privilege. And uh, reminiscence is my business name, and I know it's an emotional, an emotion word, uh, but I chose that on purpose because I am just in love with that feeling of reliving a special memory and sharing it with somebody else you love and just bringing the energy of a positive moment, an impactful, maybe a milestone moment back to Enriched Right Now. Um, That's where the name came from, Reminiscence. Um, I have been working in memory preservation for 20 years. And I don't mean like uh, from a medical stance. I mean from like the captured moments, the photos and the videos that we snap on a daily basis. Uh, There tends to be, since we've gone to the digital era, there tends to be a backlog of older formats that people carry forward with them. And then with digital, you know, this digital age, we're always upgrading our devices that have cameras on them all the time. So while you may have closets full of bags and boxes of photos and slides and things that young people don't even know what they are, (laughs) videotape, you might also have a collection of old phones, digital phones with photos. (laughs) You know me so well already. (laughs) You do? So basically on the outside, it looks like I clean up photo clutter and streamline digital platforms to make it easy to find your memories again. But on the inside, I do it because I love people. I love my relationships. And my goal is to just enrich the world by making it easy for them to reminisce over the special things and not have to climb through and fish through the clutter and carry bags and boxes of generations of irrelevant platforms forward with you physically. Right. So it's the, the emotions are behind the why, but on the outside, it's a lot of logistical, just depends on who I'm talking to and what do they have a backlog of. Um, so I serve the people who not only love their photos and video moments, um, but they have a pain where they just want something better for it or they have a special event coming up, a special anniversary or retirement, and they want something compiled. Um, so the, the pretty part of what I do is making albums and wall galleries, things that help express those moments in tangible, real life, not just in virtual ways. Oh, I have so many things to say now. <laughs> <laughs> well, jump in. <laughs> well, I feel like the... And, and on the sad side, you know, when someone dies, yeah, that's when you're all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my goodness, where are our pictures? I can't even yeah. access them. And yeah. in the you know, last few years, we've lost a few people. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, shoot, those pictures were on my old phone. I have literally no idea where the charging cable is for that old yeah. phone. Um, mm-hmm. Or there's whole gaps in my children's um, life mm-hmm. that are stuck on a phone in my drawer. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I had at the time. So I can definitely see value in the service you provide. Would you call mm-hmm. it file management? Um, well, actually, your... 
Yeah, you could call it memory management if you'd like to. I've been called a memory concierge at times, <laughs> for sure. Um, it's more than organizing. It's definitely streamlining. Um, and there's definitely an educational aspect of it as well. Um, so if you don't mind me stepping back a few, dec uh, few years, uh, I come from a teaching background. I'm fourth generation public school teacher. My, my medium was music, vocal music teacher. And I did that because I love music, I'm creative, I love people. So people said, just go into education. So, but then I fell in love with putting my photos in albums, which is where a hobby was born that became a, but can you do it for me? I want that too, but I don't want to do it myself. So that's where the spark was lit for making albums for other people. And then, then I, a greater awareness of realizing that people have a backlog of memories that might not all be album ready. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to now, um, I'm realizing that I'm not done teaching. I left the music teaching classroom. And what I do is something that I work one-on-one -on -one in small groups for. But I want to help more people who want to learn how to manage their memories themselves. So I will be getting into that shortly, I'm sure, about the online teaching that I'll be offering shortly in a month's time. But um, so if you want me to do it for you, great. Happy to help. If you'd like a little guidance and some check-in, sure, I'm here to help you. But if you just don't know where to go and what to do, I'm here to give you the learning as well. Well, do you find yourself working locally with people that have their like physical photo collections or are you doing things like entirely virtually, but having to have them scan everything first or do you do scanning? Yes to all of the above. <laughs> so I got started with all local one-on-one. -on -one. And then with this digital age, I found myself being able to help people virtually. I mean, pre-pandemic, that was already happening. Yep. And, you know, after leaving the classroom, I really, I thought I was done with the teaching part. So uh, now I can have somebody share a virtual album that they created on their phones mm -hmm. and I'll design a book for them and have it printed and delivered to them, you know, or, or any of the projects that they'd like. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that can be a hundred percent virtual. Um, but it, I don't think it'll ever replace my loving to work with my in-person clients. Right. And those who are in my driving radius got very uh, familiar with front porch pickup during pandemic uh -huh. when everything was masked, everything was six foot there. Nobody saw anybody's noses and mouths. Mm -hmm. um, that came in handy because they've literally put things in a box that I pre-invoiced and I picked them up and got them managed for them. So yes, I can scan for them or I can walk them through uh, through my learning platform, how to go about doing some of that yourself or offer some resources where you can have them done for you to stay along with me and manage or create. It's a labor intensive thing. My brother, so I'm the oldest of 10 kids and my brother just went through tons and tons and tons of photos and he was trying yeah. to organize them by person. Um, so that that person could have their own photos at least. And then those that with the siblings and some that are just like the yes. whole family and stuff. Um, yes. And he invested in the scanner mm -hmm. and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. 
Um, <clears throat> but it's a beautiful gift to do for someone. I haven't gotten yeah. my hands on that scanner and I'm in Arizona. He's in Minnesota. So I still have my boxes and boxes. Like we're talking the big, you know, the black totes with the yellow top. Because yeah. we have a few things in common, actually. I was a music major in college. Were you? I started off oh. as a, a music ed major uh-huh. and I switched more to the performance. And then instead, in the end, I added an art minor because I started mm-hmm. taking photography classes that I liked them so much that I yeah. went that route and kind of did less with the panel. So I now today, I still have more photography skills than I have panel skills. Um, but it was back in the analog age when we did yes. film yeah and same thing for you know storage when we still had the mm-hmm. physical prints I was literally printing images in a dark room with chemicals wow and I have boxes and boxes of those and people are asking me for them um oh you know the the farmhouse that my grandfather was born and raised in and raised his whole family and stayed until he was 70 um it has been torn down because of mold issues, I think. Mm-hmm. And I did my senior, senior picture, senior, no, I'm saying it wrong. I did my senior project on mm-hmm. that farmhouse. And so I went around mm-hmm. taking cool pictures of all the little, you know, the, the things that, you know, the cool little things that they installed into old houses, like the detail, yeah, 1800s or, you know, 19, early 1900s, like the built in, wood stuff and the little hooks and things it's just really cool yeah I would mm-hmm. love to see those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm like I I don't even know if I have the energy to open the box right, right. so and a lot of things are still a negative yeah. so definitely um but I think the hardest yeah. thing is to put them all in one place because then I filled up my storage my online storage on google is full my online storage on drive what is it called Dropbox is full and then I have like you know just like I just kept filling up all of the storage options and then we have like a terabyte somewhere that's full and I mean just like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the idea of trying to get it cohesive so that everything like oh this is a timeline (laughs) that makes sense you know oh I so relate I understand I think that I have an apple phone and yesterday or today I can't remember I it showed me a memory and it said your trips to and it said the name of my hometown over the years so it's like trips back to Minnesota over the years and it showed me like all the times that I've traveled there and I'm like wow this is genius you know Um, so I like that they're starting to be more it's a little scary sometimes thinking about how much they know about my life but at the same time it's helpful (laughs) those algorithms once you get used to them you can just start to use them in your favor. Like you can utilize them in ways that it's just like getting cruise control in the car. If you didn't have, if you had a car that didn't have cruise control at one point, that new addition or going from, okay, I'm going to date myself. My parents' car had a roller to open the window, you know, and then when electric windows came around, it was like, mind-blowing right yeah yes but this AI that seems like a nosy neighbor is actually a wonderful tool I can see that so another thing that happened to me when I was in college is that my uh, roommate started uh, making her own photo albums with creative memories do you remember Mm -hmm. that yeah so she became a consultant and then Mm -hmm. I joined the Mm -hmm. MLM and started Mm -hmm. doing that for 
I don't know, a year maybe. And then I started yeah. to feel weird about the selling to friends and, you know, I, and family, like it just felt weird to, I wanted to give everyone a discount and I wanted to give everyone my, you know, discounted rate that I bought them at cost or whatever, and I couldn't make any money. And then I had products right. piling up. Right. And right. So I actually still have some of my old creative memories things that I started, the easy part usually is getting the pictures into an album. The harder yes. part is getting the names and the dates and the okay. the places sometimes. Right. I, I have a box of my grandma's pictures uh-huh. and I just saw her. She just turned 94. She turns 94 on Friday. Oh, um, so yeah. Wonderful. And or 93. One of mm-hmm. those. My mom will correct me later. Um, <laughs> and but I, I have, you know, the old box of photos, but her vision is not what it used to be. Right. And looking at the photos physically would make her ill. Even 20, 30 years ago, the chemicals or maybe or just like the images would make her just feel sick. So she wouldn't want to spend time making the albums when it would have been more, you know, convenient to do so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me I was recording her making a memory. Um, when we Yay. were visiting in Minnesota, I just pulled up my yeah. camera and I was like, tell me about, you know, this and that and the other part of your life. Yeah. And, but that's one thing that she said is she's like, you know, a lot of times those memories go when yes. someone dies. Yes. Yes. That's so how so do true. You, how do you handle that? Um, there's no one size fits all. Okay. I'm not going to assume that everybody's solution is the same, but um, getting them in one place is important. Um Getting input from your elders, if you have them, is important. Um, Doing what you did, congratulations for having the foresight to actually interview your grandmother. That's wonderful. Um, But sometimes you just got to break down and make them all digital in order to share them to get input from family near and far. Mm -hmm. Share a virtual album and say, hey, who is this? (laughs) who has information about this Um, and in that process you can sometimes um, eliminate you know I don't want to teach you my course right now your podcast is not long (laughs) enough for that that wouldn't be fair but there are tips and tricks that help you kind of purge once you do it but I mean like any learning thing or weight loss program or transformation that we want to have that takes time uh, consistency and small bites are really powerful measurements, you know. Um, I, I would love to give you something really, really impactful in this conversation, but um, first of all, getting them all in one place. Getting them all in one place. I mean, physically, one, one address, physical address gives you the advantage of seeing how much you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, putting all your devices in one location so you can figure out, okay, how many of these do I have to deal with? And you can literally give them dates when they get your attention. Those might be some of your best. And literally put the, enter that, that reminder in your Apple calendar, your iCalendar or your Google calendar or whatever calendar will speak to you mm-hmm. and send you a reminder uh, for that added accountability because you're a mom. I'm a mompreneur as well. And life gets full of the unplanned, doesn't it? <laughs> of course. Even, even mommies of four-leggeds, okay? There's always the unplanned and the surrogate mom, the, the, 
the parents that are looked up to by others, there's always that human element or mother nature that takes place. But having the advantage of peace of mind that you've given that task a date and a time to take place is something that um, allows me anyway, peace, knowing I don't have to de- feel guilty that I'm not doing that right now just because it's on my mind. So it's like pigeonholing that for a time and a place to deal with it. It sounds like you also have some professional organization uh, overlap then too, right? Oh, for sure. There's a lot of mindset and a lot of tactical measures for, um, first of all, I want my clients and my students to feel better. Yeah. Because when you're in a, in a stressed state, an overwhelmed state, a, just a deep frustration or, or a worst case scenario, hopelessness, it's a very stagnant way to be. And once you can get yourself into a more positive mindset, then some of those tactical measures are much easier to implement. Um, and, and for some people, it's amazing. Um, I, I didn't grow up Catholic, but, you know, the if you could picture with me somebody going into confession, yeah. <laughs> closing the door and you know, forgive me, I have sinned kind of conversation comes out frequently when I speak to an overburdened and overwhelmed contact. They're not even a customer yet. Hmm. Um, and they just need to unload the emotional burdens that they have. The guilt is a very common thing. And, and, and funny thing is we can inherit that guilt that came to us with, with collections that we didn't even create but they belong to our genealogy or they belong to an organization that we're associated with, or they belong to something that we have a deep um, emotional commitment to or mm-hmm. obligation to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that baggage can be much worse than the actual task itself. <laughs> wow. That's profound. And I guess that's a big difference between the, some of the different generations too. So like, you know, my grandmother's generation hung on to things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the whatever generation we are now, <laughs> yeah. you know, the millennials and after don't necessarily yeah. want all that baggage. Correct. And so the physical, you know, having to keep these physical boxes yeah. is, yep. is yeah. tiring. Yes. Yes. Um, one of my most common niches is downsizing. And you don't have to be of a certain age to downsize. You can just be of a certain mindset to downsize. So maybe you have fewer family members members in your space, or maybe you just want to simplify your life and have less space to deal with, to clean, to upkeep, things like that. Or maybe you just are moving because there's military. There's a a plethora of reasons why somebody might downsize. But no matter what your age is, nobody likes the feeling of dragging a burden with them from point A to point B. And whether your burden is multiple cloud accounts that say they're full or drawers full of devices without cords or bins of negatives and slides and and things you don't, you never even grew up with. um, That's not a good feeling. So uh, it's really important to decide what's important to you. And uh, sometimes the biggest hurdle is just getting started. Yeah, I can see that, um, you know, especially with the photo storage and, you know, DVDs and, and VHS, they're, they're um, heat sensitive. And now I live yeah. in Arizona, so it's not like I can just go get a storage unit. Right. And I don't even want to put them in the garage because it gets to be oh, 150 no. degrees in there. Right. Um, and so, you know, I end up 
taking up closet space for that sort of thing. So yeah, there's definitely a reason that I should. Of course, I'd probably want to keep some select things, but it would be nice yeah. to have a lot of it in the cloud. Oh, yeah. I want to hear a little bit about how you work from home when you're dealing with other people's stuff. So what does your space look like? And how did it work for you when you just took a big old trip? Oh, gosh. Okay. So you mean when I'm working at home first? Okay. When I'm working at home, I have, I'm blessed to have a dedicated space. When we bought this house, I was also with creative memories. That's where I I got started. Um, And so my dedicated space, it does become a multi-purpose room after hours, but the school day is my work day. Okay. That's, that's kind of how I do it. And I tell my clients that I work by appointment for them. And I do that on purpose because I, I want to work around my kids. I am a wife and a mom first. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love my community and I love my neighborhood. So I'm fortunate that I have a designated space. I do work for a lot of people who have the benefit of a guest room to do some of their stuff. Um, I have also clients who don't have a workspace. And so I'll bring their items here to work on them. And sometimes mm-hmm. I have to bring them here to work on them you know, when I'm doing it for them. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's times where it's a, it's a, it's a mix. Um, so one of the things I have to do is I have to t- train my brain that just because my commute does not require shoes or a car key from my bed <laughs> to my office, I have to train my brain that there's a readiness that I'm about to go to work, uh-huh. right? And so just like you might get dressed for work or put on your uniform or your office attire or what somebody else might do that. And they might have the commute to get their brain in that moment. I do things for myself so that when I come into my office, I'm in work mode. Um, and they might be something as simple as um, I cleared my desk the day before. So it's ready for me when I come in. Um, I have a specific mug I use in my office for my hot drinks and I have a dedicated fancy glass for my ice drinks. And it might sound goofy, but just the fact that I'm holding that beverage in that vessel is one way that I teach my brain that I'm at work now. I like it. Yeah, those are some of the things I have to do for myself. I also, um, there's a TED talk about making your bed. Yeah. Waking up in the morning, always make your bed. It's a military thing. I don't want to be a spoiler, but if you look it up, Google it, the TED talk on making beds. I will. My um, husband is a dedicated bed maker. Well, if nothing else goes well in the day, it feels good to climb into a well-made bed. I am all, I am so in favor of things that get my head in the task at hand. I like, um, I don't like to eat meals at my desk. I don't, first of all, want drips and spills on my computer and my tech. And I never let food around anybody else's photos because I have to be a photo Nazi on their behalf. That's why I'm trusted, right? So those are things that I do for myself um, that help set my day up for success, make me feel good. Because when I feel good, I show up better for other people. Mm-hmm. And when I can show up better for them, then I can encourage them to show up better for themselves. So those are that's a lot of mindset you didn't ask for. But honestly, that's how I do my best work. I mean, I think that's the theme of our talk today. So keep going with it. My husband <laughs> says that, you know, the kids are like, dad, why do you like to clean so much? And he's like, I don't like cleaning at all. 
Mm-hmm. I like having a clean house. Mm-hmm. I like being in a clean space. Um, yeah. I am the opposite of him in many ways, let's just say. Um, but he told the kids the other day when we were talking about, you know, his bed was made and he didn't want them to like screw it all up, you know, just by being silly. Mm-hmm. And he, they're like, why does it matter to you? And he's like, it's one of my small pleasures in life. Yeah. At the end of the day to crawl into, you know, yeah. a nice bed. Right. And I can feel that. Yeah, it, it's good. It's, it's really important to just be able to acknowledge what's important to you. And um also understanding when there's other people living in the house, they might ha- not have the same simple pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> so also telling myself that mm, just because I have two teenagers does not mean they're going to see life the way I do. Right. <laughs> um, do you have any tables in your workspace? Uh, I used to. Now I have a standing desk and I have a countertop that's full of things because I just moved back home from living in Chicago for a month, which you asked mm-hmm. about. Um, and it's just, it's full of my piles that have to be sorted through and, and perched or put away. Um, but yes, I do have countertop space and I shut the door so the pets don't come in and get fur in my customer projects. I just have zero tolerance for that. Is it, um, are you in like a guest bedroom that has like a built-in desk? All right. or? So imagine an old old ranch house, raised ranch house with, um, they bumped out the end of the house and put a sunken den on it. Okay. Yeah. That's where I am. So I'm fortunate I have daylight on both, both ends of the room, but I can shut the, the glass doors. They're not soundproof, but it's a barrier. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. on pets to let them know there's work going on. Don't come in right, right. now. Um, yeah. So how did you work when you were in Chicago for a month? Why don't you talk about that? All right. So I'm a mom first before I'm a businesswoman, right? I I literally had my first baby three months after starting Creative Memories. So that tells you my children were born into an entrepreneurial parenting situation. Um, my younger daughter is a very gifted dancer and choreographer, and she was recruited to participate in a beautiful, beautiful organization called Deeply Rooted Dance, and they're based in Chicago. And uh, we are fortunate that we were able to find some summer housing. Uh, we basically lived in a dorm room for a month. Was there like a sink in there or anything? There was a, there was a bathroom with a sink. Nice. And That's our two beds. Yes. Yes. So we had our own bathroom. And I don't know if you've ever been in downtown Chicago. Oh, funny enough, um, the first time I was ever in downtown Chicago, I stayed on the floor of someone else's dorm room, a stranger, that I paid $10. Um, I traveled with a couple of friends. I was just a friend. And he stayed with the guys. And I stayed with some girls I didn't know. It was like pre-couch surfing. Uh-huh. And it was 10 bucks <laughs> to sleep on someone's floor in a sleeping bag. So, yeah, nice. I have been downtown Chicago a few times. Noise. <laughs> oh yeah lots of noise so um my my work um honestly was a lot more behind the scenes in my time in Chicago it was more working on my business mm-hmm. and a little bit in it I did some virtual consultations helped uh help some of my coaching students get started get some some foundational information uh get some strategy in order so that was really excited and lined up um, a lot of work for now that I'm home just because of the way timing landed. And I've got a lot of incoming orders that now I'm going to get to sort through and be able to uh, deliver this week. So I'm happy about that. (laughs) So I 
do know a little bit about the transition, and I'm kind of bouncing back and forth right now. We'll That's all right. Come back to Chicago in a second. Um, but I'm thinking about creative memories, and in the back in the day, in the like 80s and 90s, when it was yes. the early 2000s, I think it opened in 85. When, when it was in its heyday, yeah. yeah. um, you know, we were making physical memory books, like physical yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were very decorative. I was very yeah. streamlined. I was just like, I just want my pictures in my books. The pictures speak yeah. for themselves. I don't need all the stickers and stuff. But, um, and then as you know, things progressed, they started to come into the digital space. And so they had the scanners and they were helping people make digital albums and printing them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, is Creative Memories even still around? Actually, they are. Um, they have new, they're under new ownership. They reorganized a few times. They're no longer direct sales, more of an affiliate program. And um, honestly, those are the only scrapbooks I will make if a customer would like a tangible scrapbook. I use 100% creative memories materials because they are they are the best. Are they still selling the physical products too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can go online and find an affiliate. Uh-huh. <laughs> supplies. Um, but I treat them like my favorite vendor. Even though I'm not going out and running crops uh, anymore, I'm really more working with the the client who wants to pay me to do it for them. Um, That's really my niche, but Creative Memories is structured in a way that they can serve whatever version of memory preservation serves you the most. Yeah. So you're affiliated, but that's not your main business. You were running your own thing as well. Right. If you go to my website, you'll see reminiscence all over everything uh, instead of uh, albums for sale. Um, I, of course, provide that information if somebody wants to go browse on my link. Happy to share that. But mm, really where I serve is the people don't care where they got it. They just want it to be good. They want it to last and they want me to make it easy for them. So I don't bother them with a, a lot of browsing options that slow down that process. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the route that they want to go, you, you've got the information. Oh, yeah, for sure. So back to Chicago. Oh. I'm working on the business. <laughs> yes. Um, so what exactly, uh, okay, the differences? Yeah. Okay. A lot more mindset. It was, it was honestly, I had my dedicated cup of coffee. I had my dedicated uh, desk. Um, it was a little tricky. Uh, because where I sat and worked had to be where I sat and ate. <laughs> I see. Yep. That was a little trickier for me. Uh, so what I did was I literally put all of my work away and cleared the surface when it was time to eat. I just, I really felt like when I eat in front of the computer or the TV, I'm not paying attention to the food that I'm eating. And I usually overeat. And then I can't figure out why I'm so tired or why did I actually eat that food? Who ate that food? Did somebody eat my food? You, do you, you're laughing. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah. actually um, doing Noom right now. And mm-hmm. the whole mindset thing is a big, big component. Right. And, you know, maybe that word is overused, but really it is. It's just a matter of, a matter of being present with what you're doing. And, I, and you don't have to be militant. But just to give yourself the gift of time to regroup and to eat away from your work just makes that meal a chance where you can actually have a conversation. Or if nobody's around, you can actually listen to that podcast right. and, and, and relax and give yourself a rest. 
so that the work can be more fruitful. One thing that I've heard people say a lot, actually, even surprisingly so, <clears throat> is how many people work too much because they work from home, that they don't stop yes. working, that they always yes. have access to it. And I really like it when I hear people talking about having a boundary between their workspace and their, you know, life. Space. So obviously, they overlap, mm-hmm. of course, especially if you're working from home. But that you, you know, you're intentional about using this vessel when I'm working and the other one when I'm not. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having designated workspace, I think is really helpful for people to have those boundaries. Whenever possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not okay. everybody has that luxury. No, not and everybody does. In a dorm room. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and we have yes. a lot of people who are digital nomads who are, you know, living that lifestyle that you just did all the time, like all every the month, time, you know, a different God place. bless them. Yes. How do you, how do you make this space work for you? Right. Right. So, on that subject, um, even though I have a dedicated space, the walls can close in on me. And so I like to give myself a treat. I like to change my venue. Um, like Fridays, I love to make my deliveries, my customer deliveries, and I pick up my Duncan on the way. Yep. You know, it's my little my little pleasure for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other times that I love to go to Sarah on Wednesday mornings to do my writing. That's just a thing mm-hmm. to help me get out. Um, right now, the weather is so gorgeous here. I'm in New Jersey and I just, you know, they call it the garden state. I'm actually not a terrible gardener. (laughs) And so that's one thing that makes me go outside. So uh, I am not an introvert. Uh, I am energized by human interaction and being around people. I love that, but I also like my quiet. And so uh, people who are walking, uh, coming back to your statement about people working too much because they're working at home. Uh, I have a dog because I, I wanted one, but I also wanted the commitment of walking her two or three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted the commitment of being outside and around nature whenever possible. And the gardening, boy, that holds us accountable for sure, because mm-hmm. I'm not talking indoor pots. I'm talking, I built raised beds in the backyard where the best sunlight is. Um, And the tomatoes are really showing off. So maybe you don't have an outdoor garden where you can do, maybe, maybe you allow yourself a pot in the window, just, just the being with something in nature and something that gets you up from the table. Um, Maybe it's transitioning to a standing desk so that your body gets a little bit more movement Mm-hmm. bodies really weren't wired to actually sit this long, were they? Um, and, you know, they're just finding little things. Nobody's going to do everything, but finding really what makes you feel taken care of and gives your brain a chance to recover and um, reset is just really, it's really something that I'm, I'm learning right now. Right. I'm looking forward to this next season. My my students my kids are supposed to start school like next Mm -hmm. week I'm supposed to start school I teach um in person just two days a week um part-time yeah and that's a that's my social time honestly like I know my students aren't my social peers necessarily Mm -hmm. but for me as an extrovert I do enjoy that interaction time yes and since I'm teaching conversational English you know Mm -hmm. we do have a lot of Mm -hmm. conversation which Mm -hmm. is great um what was I going to say? But yeah, in the past, I worked night shift. I was teaching students in China. Right. And I would have to get up at 2, 3 a.m. 
And wow. I ended up when my babies were youngest, the youngest was preschool, before preschool, when they were little ones, actually, mm-hmm. for like many years, we had part-time nanny mm-hmm. come into our home because if I walked outside, the circadian rhythm would get disrupted if I would even like see daylight for a second, mm-hmm. even to take the garbage mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to this new season where I'm working daytime hours now. You know, most of my podcast interviews and the other stuff that I'm doing is daytime. Yes. And the the fact that my children are so young, I right. have to get out every day to bring them to school because now we're yes. back in person school. Right. Um, it's nice. Sounds like a good season you're going into. I hope so. Yes, it is. There's a lot of good things that are happening right now. That you need to be out and about when yeah. you're starting to work. Because I actually did do a full semester um, at a at an alternative high school where I was in-person teaching and I hated mm-hmm. Not the teaching and not the students, but I hated not working from home. Mm, and it just mm-hmm. reminded me how much more I wanted to get back. So mm-hmm. the fact that I'm going to do kind of a little bit of a hybrid, I'll, you know, sure. I'll be at home 75% of the time. That's right. good. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things I love the most about my work on the subject is the variety. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you get the hybrid, you get the in-person and you get the online, mm-hmm. um, I hear variety in that. Yes. And I, I, I find that satisfying. Yes. yes, yes. We don't like to get into, well, I mean, there's safety in routine. Don't get me wrong. There's mm-hmm. safety in a schedule. But when it's not always the same thing happening at the same time in that schedule, I, I find that pretty delicious. So Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesdays you go to Panera, which is delicious. <laughs> Friday morning you stop at Duncan on your way, drive through. Uh, I'll walk in because... Uh-huh. We have really nice people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and you're an extrovert. Another extrovert, yes. And then yeah. you do you have more interaction now on the front porches of all these people that you're picking up from? Yes. Uh, now they frequently will come out and sit with me or invite me in. And uh, while I don't rely on that, it is it is really nice when that happens. So yeah. I, I have pickup days and I have delivery days and um, very just grateful for that. For that, for that mix. Um, I am looking to scale my business, which is what one of the things I'm excited about the online learning that I'll be um, providing in the next month. So I'm about to go into promotion of all of that. So I'm excited because I will have a little bit more of this time, like I'm having with you right now, the mm-hmm. virtual conversations yep. where, um, where we'll be able to troubleshoot, but now ask questions um, alongside of their learning at their own pace. So I'm, I'm very excited to uh, be able to help and serve more people who are not in my neighborhood. <laughs> right. Well, and I can see it being two-sided where you could not only train people how to do their own organization, but also for some of your clients that need their hands held a little bit more while you're going through it or more feedback, yes. so you can do yes. some collaboration, yes. exactly. even though they're not in person. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm very excited, more variety. And, and you know, the other thing is, uh, one thing I've, I've learned is I'm never finished. Hmm. And just because I might be doing the same thing I was doing four years ago when I launched Reminiscence, doesn't mean I'm doing it the same way. And if we're always learning and growing, then I just think that the people that we influence are benefiting from our new best version of ourselves. Yeah. New best version of our work. So it 
tells me here in the form that you filled out for me that mm-hmm. you are looking at possibly expanding and, and bringing in a helper. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about that? Um, you know, I got to the point where I think I'm ready to relax my white knuckle grip on all of the tasks that I know I need done, but they're not in my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Being a solopreneur is exciting at first, but there comes a time where, like I said, I like to be able to continue to refine and improve what I'm doing. And if I want to scale a business that serves more people, I'm going to have to trust somebody to help me get some of this other back-end stuff done so I can continue to do the face-to-face work virtually and in person. That lights me up. That's what you enjoy the most. Yes. Yes. I love the people. I am all about the relationships. And uh, so building, allowing myself that virtual assistant relationship is, I think, I think that's the key that I have just been trying to get my head caught up with. So it's on paper. It's on paper. Oh, fun. So when I started, I I have someone who helps me with some of my editing and some of social media back in the background, Mm -hmm. uh, mostly. And I will tell you that it, it is a little bit of a time commitment, especially at the beginning mm-hmm. to be working alongside them and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of training them how you like sure. to get to know each other. And I felt like the first few weeks was just literally getting to know each other. Okay. And Thank you for that. It was a little bit of a time commitment that I wasn't yeah. really expecting at the time. Right. It was okay. Cause I, um, right. I was, my hours were a little bit less at that point. Right. Um, but now that I'm getting busier and busier with other things, you know, now that they know me well, yeah. um, you know, there's some days that I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even say hi. You know, I just, I know that you were there for six hours, but I fell asleep on the couch or, mm-hmm. or you know, I was on a call or mm-hmm. trying to figure mm-hmm. out exactly which school our kids are going to starting next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of choices here in the area. Um, and I just, you know, was swamped and but mm-hmm. I know that there's things that they can keep working on and and there's tasks that they can work on even if I'm mm-hmm. not giving direction that day yes it's such a blessing knowing that the work is getting done even if it's not you doing it yeah but I get that there's that initial investment where you have to build a rapport and you have to it's kind of like an orientation you know that yeah. kind of courting like how are we going to work better together mm-hmm. and how's this going to work and what are you all about and what's important to you yep so, yeah and one thing that we worked with a little bit was a schedule because they were mm-hmm. in a different time zone for me. And mm-hmm. originally I had worked third shift many years and um, my, my first uh, VA that was working with me, you know, was in, in his third shift mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that got tricky, you know, mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, we can work together in my evening so that mm-hmm. it's your morning and we can make it work. So mm-hmm. it helps, mm-hmm. you know, to just mm-hmm. be, you know, aware that, you know, we're both working from home. We both have, you know, we're human, you right. know, and right. let's find something that, you know, is mutually beneficial, I guess. So, right. And we don't right. always have to communicate hundred percent of the time. It's just when we do, it's nice to be on the same schedule at some point for an hour or two a day. Right. Right. You do give a good advice. I can I can see why people hire you for these services to help them get up and get going. You certainly known a lot about setting up that that system to get somebody started. Do you work with a lot of like first time entrepreneurs? Um, well, I generally interview people who are. I mean, 
if I have, if you're going to be maybe, I don't know if you're going to be episode 95 or 96, one of these, if mm-hmm. I've talked with over 90 people now, mm-hmm. um, plus all the people that I've talked to with plant market research, it's literally everything. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. the common denominator is that everyone is trying to figure out working from home often for the first time. Right. Um, obviously, when right. people got stuck into working from home for the pandemic, that was temporary, short term. You know, we're just going to wing it until we you know, have to get back to the office. Right. Um, and it wasn't with the long-term solutions in place, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like working um, with a ta- you know a laptop in your kitchen table and a and a chair, a kitchen chair, yes. right, isn't sustainable for right. ten years. You've been working right. from home for how long? Well, let's see. I left teaching ten years ago. Okay. So there was an overlap. I was mm-hmm. a teacher when I got into direct sales and there was an overlap of time, but eventually I got so passionate about that and I got so had a lack of passion for all the things that I, a teacher had to do that weren't teaching mm-hmm. <laughs> and the decision makers who I didn't think were making good choices on behalf of my music program, I just built it up so I could leave. So long story short, I've been out of direct sales and out of the classroom for four years doing strictly my LLC. Okay. But I've seen a, a rainbow. It's been a transition of things. And I'm sure but, that it's evolved over the 10 years, right? For sure. Like the way oh, that for sure. you worked from home for, you know, 10 yes. years ago is different from now. What right. would you say is the biggest change for you? I would say the fact that I gave myself the gift of a schedule. I also gave myself the gift of journaling it out and talking it out until I had a script in my pocket when a neighbor called and said, Chris, you're home. Can you pick up my kid from school? What did you say? I'm sorry. I'm working. I'm, I'm, you're going to have to find a babysitter. Uh (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, What are your thoughts about finding a babysitter? I literally had to, and then, and then my friends learned. (laughs) And then I learned I needed business besties. Because my best friends are not my business friends. My business friends are my best business friends. (laughs) My business friends understand this is my baby. This is, you know, it's something that I put my my heart and soul into, just like raising my children. Mm -hmm. And it has to be fed. And it has to be cared for just like a human. And my friends, my close friends who are not business owners, just right. don't get it. My <laughs> husband is not an entrepreneur in any right. way, shape or form. And right. we don't talk about this very much because it's just that in his wheelhouse. And he right. loves cooking for the family. He Such loves a great thing. keeping things, you know, making beds and, right. you know, like right. some of the things right. that I let drop when I'm working. Sure. Um, and so it's, it's more of a divisional labor, I think, for us. Sure. But it is really important to have other people that you can bounce things off. I started yesterday um, an accountability for podcasters and talking That's about great. what are your intentions for the week. That is and, great. you know, one of my goals right now is to be a little bit more forthright in that, you know, I do have services on my website. Yes. But nobody yes. knows about because I don't ever talk about it. I just want to hear right. about your story, but I should probably right. mention more often. I, w- I so look forward to hearing your commercials about <laughs> about how people can work with you, not just have you feature them on a podcast and hear great pearls of wisdom that you deliver. Um, Because I know that the deep dive that you would provide would be worth probably 10 times what you're charging. Ah. So why don't you talk about what you are promoting? Because you mentioned that you have something coming up in a month. What exactly is this course going to be? 
So I named it Digital Peace, referencing part of our conversation about the emotional stuff that goes on with the overwhelm. (laughs) Um, My course is basically what I do for my private clients. I'm just actually put it into a teachable formula where my students will be able to go look at the video, go through the workbook, print out the downloadables, and go through at their own pace because not... Not everybody has the same quantities of the same items of interest (laughs) that just need to be managed and they want digital peace. Uh, Frequently they feel like the technology has run away without them or the quantity has run away without them or just, I have developed a common denominator that's a common approach that you can apply to whatever your format, whatever your collection of memory formats is. Um, and so you, it's self-guided, but what's really great about, I think, my course is you also get online virtual group co- coaching sessions with me monthly. So that's where I'm starting with so that people can come in. They've already been brought in. Um, because it's a launch, I have a certain number of um, enrollees I'm allowing to start with because I'm going to be onboarding them with a private coaching call to make sure that A, my onboarding is good, and B, they have a very highly personalized system, and I I don't have the automation in place to make sure that my platform is helping calculate their best start. So this is really neat because they'll get high, high, high touch for an online course price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get to help influence the success of the course for future students. So they get to have an impact on others' learning experiences, not just their own. So I'm a little excited about that. <laughs> the OG, the original group, right? They will be the OGs for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm calling them charter members just because I want to I, I just honor them with, you know, a title of significance. <laughs> now, is this already something that people can find right now, or is it going to be coming out in a month? Yes, it, it, we are launching in a month. Uh, the sales page is live, so the first 20 to get it will get that personalized onboarding experience with me, that one-on-one coaching call. Um, and then after that, I am going to close it so we can fill up that first little batch of 20 seats because that's how I know I can get my personal attention beyond that. It just would be over-promising and under-delivering, and I'm, I'm not in that business. But then it will be something that I anticipate being evergreen after, after launch period. Right. Uh, and to answer your question, yes, the sales page is live, so they can snag their spot right now. It's on a secret link I can give you for your show notes if you like. I'd be or, happy to have that. Yeah. yeah. It will show up on my website in about a week when I start doing my campaigning for it. Okay. So. Well, this um, podcast will be live in about a week. So, That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Perfect well, for you. Yes. And in the meantime, I do have a freebie. If people would like to download that, um, would you like the link for that also? Yeah, please okay. give us all of your contact information that you're willing to share publicly. Okay, with that should be a, that should be on the on the share page, and I will definitely give that to you as well. Um, my freebie is called "Tidy Up Your Camera Roll" <laughs> in case you have forty thousand photos in your phone and can't find the one you're looking for. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I feel like I've had forty thousand or more before. Let me see if I can tell you what my number is. Ooh, I'm eager to oh, know. Oh dear, albums. 
Right now I'm at 22,000, but um, let's just say that there's more somewhere else. That is significant. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what this means, right? It's not, I'm not fanning out cash bills. I'm uh-huh. rolling my camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I have some tidy up tricks that give you a little taste of what kind of learning there is available to you, or maybe that's just all you needed to, to get you, get your wheel started. Tell us your your main website page that people can. My main website page is my name and I'm Chris with a K. So it's chrisladon.com. Why don't you say the whole thing? Oh, okay. K-R-I-S-L-E-D as in David, O-N-N as in Nancy E.com. chrisladon.com. And I will, if you were to go there, you would not see the learning page today as we're recording, but the learning page will be chrisladon.com slash learn. Okay. And that, yeah, it will probably be there when you post this episode. And you are on Instagram and Facebook under Mm -hmm. at Chris Reminiscence. Uh, Chris Reminisce for short. Reminisce. Okay. Reminisce. Got it. And if you can't spell it, then that's what links are for. <laughs> Did I say reminiscence when I entered? No, it is reminiscence. That's the name. Okay. That's the business name. It's just my handle is I shortened it. Got it. Reminisce. Absolutely. All okay. right. I'd like to close with asking what tips and tricks do you have for someone who's thinking about working from home for the first time in whatever capacity um, you can think of? Okay, let me see. I have a few notes. Let me see if there's something I haven't already dove into. Dove into, um, Like listening to this podcast, finding your tribe is really, really important. But the other half of that is know who you're talking to. If you're speaking to somebody who doesn't care at all about entrepreneurship or online business and they poo-poo your decision to do this, Ask yourself, is this opinion something that's helping me or is this something that's just going to discourage me? Discouragement coming from somebody who knows you, it's not helpful. Listen to somebody who knows, somebody who's doing what you want to do. That's the opinion that matters more or the one who's going to be your cheerleader because we all need cheerleaders because those voices in our heads are not always in the positive mindset that we like. (laughs) So it's not just finding your tribe. It's also considering who's the source when you're getting instructional advice. Mm -hmm. That, that is a filter that I I really feel like if I had that earlier, I would have been much more successful more quickly because I listened to the people who were afraid of selling and I adopted their fear of selling. And later on, when I decided that sales is a way of serving people, I felt so empowered. Mm-hmm. And then I started hanging out with other people who serve to their sales. And it just, it's everything in my body agreed with that because that was my intention, was to make a positive impact while doing work I love. So maybe sit with your why and then look at other people who align with that. Yeah. And I think with working from home, a lot of people think about the entrepreneurial side. Yeah. And that really, really speaks to those people 
probably really will resonate. Sure. Um, there's a lot sure. of people that want to work from home for a lot of different reasons, or they have been forced to. Right. Um, are there any tools that you have adopted or adapted over the years that have been extra helpful for you? Okay, specifically tools. Um, if you are starting out from scratch, I have, do you know what a, well, you know, a listener may or may not know what a CRM is, Contact Relationship Manager. There's one that's really easy to learn that I stuck with in direct sales and I still to this day use it. And I'll be glad to give you um, a link for the show notes and it's called Less Annoying CRM. <laughs> I have not heard of that one actually. I know what CRMs are, but. It's very, very, let's just say in 30 minutes I was up and using it. Cool. Instead of like an, a learning Adobe <laughs> course, you literally have to take a 10 week course to really feel like you mastered it. Um, so that resource I love. And the reason why you need a relationship manager is it's a place to keep notes about the people you talk to, um, connect them to other groups, like how you met them, um, flag them for follow up, which will sync with your calendar. I get every morning, I get an agenda of all the things I popped into that calendar. Um, and when I let my CRM be my boss and I schedule that hour to work my CRM in a work day, I, I get called really good at follow-up There you go. or I get called organized <laughs> or I get called trustworthy. Like mm -hmm. when I say I'm going to call somebody, I put it in there and that's how I know it's going to get done. Cause I'm going to get the poke or the prod. And if I can't, they're going to hear from me to say, I'm so sorry schedule conflict. How's next Tuesday yeah. before I've missed the appointment? Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's a tool that I think gave me tremendous traction. And for somebody just starting out, they would probably find great relief knowing that it's like a tool for dummies, but it's really smart. And it's been around for a while. Yeah, it has. Mm -hmm. It sure has. So you and I, we met through Matchmaker Matchmaker FM. FM. Yeah. So I've, I've had to say this a few times before, but it sounds like a dating website, but it's not. It's, it so it's, does. <laughs> it's like so it's does. a dating website for podcast people who want to be on podcasts or find guests for the podcast. Right. And you found me. I I'm found so you. I'm so lucky. <laughs> no, there's no luck. I was looking for you and you were what I wanted, I wanted to find. So I'm grateful. And this is your first podcast? This is my first ever would podcast. would never know. You're so sweet. <laughs> All right. Aww. Any final thoughts before we head out? Oh, just don't shit all over ourselves. You know, just don't shit all over ourselves. Be our own best friend and cheerleader and listen to those who have something fruitful and beneficial to say. And everybody else, it's okay if they feel differently, but you don't have to necessarily listen. <laughs> well, like you said, you've got your best friends and you've got your work best friends, right? Mm -hmm. Your business best friends. Is that what you said? Business besties. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, this has been Chris Ladon with April Malone and Yes, I Work From Home. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>